Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hi and welcome to Life Church here in Ladner. We are in week 12 of our series called Wake Up the House and today we are going to wake up holiness in the house again. Now, you know, there's a lot of things that's going on in the world right now. I don't even have to tell you we are aware of everything that's going on. Uh, But in case you don't know and you watch this years from now, there's a pandemic called COVID-19 that's currently the whole world is suffering because of the this virus that's present. And people are responding differently uh, to this pandemic and to what's happening. Some people are filled with fear and anxiety. Um, Some people are filled with anger towards it. And some people are trying to ignore it trying to ignore what's going on. And what's different today than, than what's happened, because what's happening now has happened before. This is not the first time in the history of mankind where there's been pandemics. But what's happening today um, seemed to be just so much worse because of everything that is available to capture what's going on, and then it is streamed. And because it's captured and streamed by so many people, it becomes magnified and big. We see videos of people reacting and acting foolishly because of what's going on. And we, and we look at them and at some of them we go, man, that's just foolish, that, that's just dumb. And we can only shake our heads. And then at the same time, we as Christians, we look at ourselves also during this time and, and we have to identify as the body of Christ We have to look at our own behavior and figure out, are we acting and reacting and responding in the the appropriate and in the right way? There is a body of Christ. There are those who are believers in Jesus. Those who believe in the word of God and have faith in the word. I, I know you are out there. And the question I ask myself is, what should our conduct be in such a time as this? What should we be demonstrating in such a time of this? Uh, And I believe somehow, I'm not, I know how, but I know it's going to be really hard for the whole Christian world to do this together. But, But we should be different than the rest of the world. Somehow we should be, I want to say, separate from the rest of the world in our behavior and in our conduct. That when things don't appear to be working in the world, somehow, Um, or another, they can look at the Christian and the Christian's lifestyle and the the Christian choices and the Christian's words and responses, and they can look at the church and they would look at us and, and they would look at us actually with a magnifying glass and go, we want what they have. I believe there should be a distinction between what's going on in the world and what's going on in the church. There should be a difference in our conduct and in our actions and our response and simply reacting the same way as the world and then tagging it with a Christian tagline or with a scripture doesn't change your behavior. See, what's happening in the world is it should be different in the church. Our response should be different. We should look different. But unfortunately, many of us don't. 
We don't look different than the world. And unfortunately, because one or two people, or maybe 10, 15, a few people um, represent, who try to represent Christianity, represent us incorrectly, then what happens is the world looks at us and they go, we don't want anything to do with that. And then they change the perspective of who Jesus Christ really is in us. And that's why I feel so passionately about waking up Christians in the house, waking up Christianity. We are supposed to be different than the world. We should separate ourselves from it. We should separate us from them. But the question is how? What should separate us from the world? It's not our political views. It's not our governing differences. It's not our opinions on vaccines or medications. It has nothing to do with that. What should separate us from the world is really about our conduct as men and women first, as husband and wives, as dads, moms and dads. Our conduct towards our neighbors should be different. We should be a holy people. Now, when we talk about holiness, we're talking about not being common with the world. That's what the word mostly is defined as, not being common with the world. Don't be the same. But I actually still don't think that's enough to really give us a working definition of what it means to be holy. It's, that's not really a working revelation of holiness. Now, today we're just going to talk some theory. And next week we're going to get into more practical ideas regarding holiness. So let's read 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 says the following. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness and redemption. So Jesus has been made for us wisdom. Jesus has been made for us righteousness and Jesus has been made for us holiness. The fact that Jesus has been made wisdom for us, righteousness, sanctification, holiness and redemption. The fact that he's been made that for us, that should be what caused us to stand out. The fact that Jesus has been made holiness. So holiness is not conduct. Holiness is a person. And once you have the person, you have all these things that he speaks of and talks about in that scripture. Now, now for some of you, I know this will be hard and you might struggle with this because your previous church um, upbringing or even a house upbringing or messages that you've heard might have told you something different regarding holiness. But I want to elaborate on it today because I really believe we need to wake up holiness in the church. And that's you, Christian. Every single one of you should have a desire to be holy. Now, there are several common ways in which holiness is defined. And to be fair, each one of these ways, they have some truth in them. And they even have scriptures to back them. But as you'll see, none of these assumed definitions can be used to describe a God who is holy. Now in 1 Peter 1 verse 15 and 16, it says the following, but just as he who called you is holy, just as he who called you, so he is holy as he is holy, so be holy in all you do. So we are instructed to just as he is holy, we are instructed to be the same, the same way holy. For it is written, 
Be holy because I am holy. So, so hear me, all you believers listening to this message. Holiness matters a great deal. Because you are called to be holy as the Lord is holy. I don't know when's the last time you sat down and said, God, I just want to be holy in my life. I want to be holy in my conduct. I want to be holy in my conversations, in my post, in what I like and what I don't like. You need to know this, that you should have a desire for holiness in your life. But how can we do this? How can we be holy if we don't really know what holiness is and what holiness means? So, so we are going to define holiness today by, first of all, finding out what it is not. And then showing you some misleading and incomplete definitions for holiness. And these definitions and incomplete definitions, they've been in the church for a very long time. But we're going to correct that today. Now, the first incorrect description for holiness is the following. Holiness is sin avoidance. In other words, we've defined holiness. If I just don't sin, then I live a holy life. Ephesians 5.27 would be the scripture that they would use to back this up. It says, and to present it to himself, the church, as a radiant church without stain, the church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So right there, holiness is defined as being without spot, being without a wrinkle, without a blemish. And so, yes, the scripture exhorts us to avoid a sinful lifestyle. We should not run after sin. We should run from it. But remember, as he is holy, so, so he is talking about as he is holy, that is how we should be holy. So, so this doesn't pass the God test. God does not need to avoid sin. Why? Well, he was there before there was sin. He was holy before there was any sin to avoid. And if it doesn't pass the God test, then, then you've got to disregard it. And so we know that he says, be holy as God is holy. And then the first thing we do is we say holiness is sin avoidance. Yet God who is holy, he's not trying to run away from sin. He's not trying to avoid sin. So that cannot be the correct definition for what holiness is. Be holy as he is holy. God's not running from sin. Number two is defined as this. Holiness is being set apart from something. Now, this definition um, for holiness, first one is avoiding sin. That doesn't pass the God test. Now, the second definition is being set apart from something. Now, Paul said the following. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6, 17, he says, Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now, does this mean that we have to remove ourselves from, from sinners? That we currently, we can't be around anybody who's in the world who's not a Christian. If this is so then Jesus violated his own command big time. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus was holy, he was harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners. He was all those things, yet he spent more time with sinners. He was hanging around with sinners more than he was hanging around with holy people. The Bible calls Jesus the friend of sinners, yet he was separate from them. So, how is it that he was able to be a friend of sinners and yet be separate from them? How are we 
as believers going to influence the world? How are we going to influence those who have not accepted Christ yet if we cannot be in the same vicinity as them? Some people who really feel that this is the definition for holiness for them, it's almost like they have an allergic reaction to sinners, to people who make them uncomfortable. It's like they've got itching powder in their shirt. They just don't want to be around them. I know people like that. When they get around people who aren't Christians, they don't know what to do and they remove themselves. Jesus was untouched by sin, but he was also a friend of sinners. He spent far more time in the company of sinners than with holy preachers. Jesus didn't pray, God, please remove them from this world. But he did pray something else. In John 17, Jesus prayed, my prayer is not that you take them out of this world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. So true holiness runs from nothing. And when you're in true holiness, you can be in the world and not be affected by it. Okay, so, so we've, we've seen the first two definitions. It's not sin avoidance. And it's not becoming allergic to sinners. Let's look at the third definition that is incorrect. Holiness is being set apart to God. Now, um, there are things, this is something that you've heard before. I've, I've preached this before. Holiness means being set apart to God. And this is probably the closest to the literal meaning of the Hebrew and the Greek word for holy. Um, it is used to describe holy things that is set apart for God. But I want you to, to understand what is used for specifically. It is used for things like the temple that was set apart for God. The root word, Kodesh, actually means to consecrate, to consecrate. Now, now Psalm 11, 4 says the following. The Lord is in his holy temple, Kodesh. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. Another example, Exodus 19:23. Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up Mount Sinai because you yourself warned us. Put limits around the mountain and set it apart as holy. In other words, specific. But how does this describe a holy God? Is God dedicated to himself to the extent that we can't go to him? Has he set boundaries around himself that he is so dedicated to God that he cannot be with people anymore? No, Jesus became flesh and walked among us. So how do we do that then? We cannot set boundaries around ourselves and say, I'm only, I'm, I'm not going to go to work. I'm not going to be with my family. I'm just with God. That's not the holiness of being set apart that he's talking about. Let's look at the fourth definition of holiness that is incorrect. The fourth de de definition for holiness, and th this is one which a lot of people, I think, if I had to ask them what holiness means, this is what they would use as the answer. Moral perfection. Being perfect in your conduct, everything that you do, you don't break any rules. Now, that sounds really noble. It sounds really good. It sounds very religious. 
but it's straight out of the old covenant. It's out of the old covenant. I mean, first of all, you can't achieve that. You cannot have moral perfection. Aside from Jesus, it's impossible. You're not going to be able to do that. 14th, 14 centuries in the Old Testament taught us that law-keeping covenant, it did not work. And you cannot work your way to holiness. It is impossible to work your way into holiness. So holiness being moral perfection, that is not possible. Number five, and this is the last one. Holiness means worthy of devotion. Now, again, that sounds good. God is holy. He's worthy of our devotion. But if that is how you define it, the Bible also says that angels are worthy, are holy, which means are they worthy of our devotion? It also says that you and I, we are a royal priesthood, a holy priesthood. Are we worthy of devotion? No. So, so you see, holiness if you take all these definitions, it's kind of like an elephant. Each definition above is partly true. There is some truth in it, but on its own, it's wrong. It's partly true. But here's the other part. If you put all of those things together, they would also be wrong. So we've got to get to the place where we define holiness accurately for the church so that we are able to look different than what the world looks. So this is what we know so far. Be holy as I'm holy. So God is our model on how to be holy. We know that holiness does not mean worthy of devotion. We know that holiness is not moral perfection. We know that holiness is not being set apart to God and not to anybody else. We know that holiness is not being set apart from something. I'm not going to touch any sinners around me. We know that holiness is not sin avoidance. So if now that we know what holiness is not, I know for some of you, your definition for holiness was probably in there. Let's define what holiness is now. This is what we should wake up to as the church. And we're saying again, this week is simply the introduction. So here we go. Holiness means wholeness. Holiness means wholeness. It means there's nothing missing. There's nothing broken in your life. Holiness means you are whole. To say God is holy is to refer to the wholeness of God. The fullness of God, the beauty of God, the abundant life that overflows from within the Godhead. God lacks nothing. He is unbroken. He is undamaged. He is unfallen. He is completely complete and he is entire within himself. That is the wholeness that God is. He is the invincible one. He is self-sufficient. He is made for us the picture of perfection. So holiness is not one aspect of God's character. It is the whole package in the glorious unity. That's what holiness is. That's what this wholeness is about. Holiness means perfection in the sense of completion. And so when Jesus exhorted us to be, to be perfect, he was inviting us to live a life of wholeness, holiness. Mark 5, uh, Matthew 5 verse 48 says the following. 
Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. He's inviting us to wholeness, to be complete. He's saying to us, listen, first of all, I'm the person that's made holiness for you. I'm inviting you to be whole. Jesus came to make broken people whole again. And he was saying, I'm whole. And now if you accept me, Christ, if you accept me, then you become whole also. So you are holy. Ladies, all of you who are listening, men, women, children, if you've accepted Christ, if you are a believer, if you are a born again, you are holy. You are whole. The Bible declares that we were sanctified. We were made holy. We were made whole. And 1 Corinthians 6, 11 says, and that is what some of you were, but you were washed you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So he's saying, you were broken before, but now you are made whole. You are now sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your justification isn't 80%, it's 100%. So the question is often asked then, why does God exhort us to be holy? If we are holy already, why is God calling us to be holy? And the answer is, he's asking us to actually start acting and behaving and having our conduct be to who we truly are. Be who you truly are. He is saying, listen, believers, please hear me. When things happen in the world, we should not be thrown by the things that are happening. We should be who we truly are. Be who he made us to be. He said, I made it so, so that you can be holy. Be whole believers. Don't be what the world's going through. Don't be what the situations try to make you become because of fear. And then you hear this message and then you hear that information and then you get upset with that. And then what happens is when we get swayed by things like this, we are not whole. He said, I made you to be whole. So holiness is not something we are called, um, called upon to do in order so that we may become something. It's not, I'm calling you to do something so that you can become something. If you do these things, you are holy, and because you're holy, now you're going to become something more. No, it is something that we are to do because of what we already are. We are called to be holy because of what we are. I, I am already holy, so now God is calling me to be holy because I am it already. So I'm doing what I'm doing because of what I already am. It's kind of like a sapling of an oak tree. You know, as an oak sapling grows, it doesn't get more oakier. Oak is oak. It simply matures into what it is. A full grown oak tree. So you don't become an oak tree by acting like an oak tree, nor do you become holy by acting holy. Jesus makes you holy. When you accept him, you are whole. Your part now, as believers, our part is to mature into what he's already made us to be. And it takes time. Just as a baby never becomes more human as he grows up, 
He's already human when he's born. You will never become more holy as you mature. You are already the fullness of it. You simply grow into what God has already made you to be. God has already made me holy. I simply grow into that holiness. You know, maturity doesn't occur in one giant leap, but it occurs through a process and through time. But you have to know who you are. You are wholeness already. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory. See, you already holy in Christ, and just as an oak sapling does not get oakier as it, more um, oak tree as it matures, neither does a new creature in Christ get holier or more forgiven or more accepted. No, that's the wrong approach. The wrong approach is to think of yourself as a flawed sinner trying to become holy. See yourself right now where you are in your journey with God. See yourself like a toddler learning to walk. And just as you wouldn't spank an infant if they stumble and fall, neither will our heavenly father spank you if you stumble and fall. God doesn't condemn us when we fall. He encourages us to get back up and walk again. Start applying my principles again. Go for it. He has given you everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. But God, God, God's not going to whip you because you stumble and fell. Please hear me. In Christ, you lack nothing. You are right now. You are in Christ. You lack nothing. You just need to work out what you already are and what he's already given you. That's how we can look different to the world. We lack nothing. We have to work out what it looks like for us in our life. Scripture says, work out your salvation. Work it out. You already have it. Work it out. Just begin to mature in it. And this is really the heart of the gospel. Begin to mature in who you were made to be. And that is what the world should see when they look at the church. The day you believe that you are holy and you continue to look at Jesus and you're going to be changed from glory to glory, the Holy Spirit now has a part in helping to mature you into your holiness. You, you know, every major religion in the world has a moral standard it's trying to enforce, but it's only Christianity that offers salvation through a savior, not based on how well you perform. And so to, to present holiness in any other way than as a result of salvation because of Jesus Christ dying as our savior, if we place the burden of salvation on us again instead of him, I believe that is a complete corrupt gospel. Holiness is the fruit of salvation. It is not the root. It's not I've become holy, so I am saved. No, I am saved and because I am saved, I am holy. Holiness is the fruit of salvation, not the root. Jesus is the root of our salvation. That's how we get saved. And this is so important because when you see Jesus as the root to everything, he is my root for my salvation. And then all these other things become fruit. And basically now, I am bearing fruit because I received Jesus as my root. I'm going to bear the fruit automatically because Jesus is my root. 
We the branches are automatically sanctified because we are the branches of a root that has caused sanctification. You are a Christian. Listen, you are a Christian. Don't let things happen to you from the outside in. You are from the inside out. At the root of everything inside of you, from your decision-making to your conduct should be, I am a Christian. I am holy. I am whole. I come from holiness. I come from wholeness. And now I'm going to mature into it. The, the other day we were sitting around our ta- dinner table and one of the kids said something about something that happened in school and said something about somebody and I'm not going to say it was. And, and I remember I stopped the conversation and I said the following. I said, listen, let's just stop it right there. You are a basson. That's my last name for those of you who don't know. You are a basson and bassons don't do that. We don't break people down. Even when they try to harm us, we build people up. That is who we are. We build people up. We see, you know, sometimes we don't always see the best of people around us. But for us as a family, I said, what we do is even when they show us their worst, we choose to see the best in them. You are a basson. Church, you are a Christian. What I'm telling you is that you are in Jesus. You are from the root of Jesus. Jesus has your back. You know all all these things that we've spoken about regarding holiness. Holiness means, um, to the world it might mean something completely different. But what I'm going to say to you as believers right now, and this is just week one, and we're going to finish right now. I want to say to you, we must have the correct understanding of holiness in order for us to look different than the world. And it starts by you knowing that you are in Christ. He is your root. And because he is your root, you are whole. And out of that, everything else flows. That's where we're going to end this week. And we'll pick up with part two um, next week. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the work that was complete on the cross. And we thank you that you've called us holy. We are a holy people. We are a whole people, not because of our conduct or because of our efforts or because of our greatness, but because we are in Christ Jesus, which means we can look different than the world, Father. And we want to. We want to look like Jesus to the world because the world needs Jesus. And we can't be Jesus to the world if we don't know that Everything that he's done for us has made us whole. And we can make a difference in people's lives. So Father, I pray for every home, for every family, for every person listening. I pray that they will stir in themselves the desire for holiness. Thank you, Father. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.